Exodus chapter number 20 for just a few moments tonight. Exodus chapter 20. If you're able to stand with us in reverence to the Word of God in prayer. Exodus 20. I'll read one, one verse of Scripture. Verse number 15. The Bible says, Thou shalt not steal. Heavenly Father, I ask you to take the message tonight and speak to us, give us liberty. Lord, I pray that we would not say anything in the flesh tonight. And God, I pray that you would be glorified. I ask you to help our hearts around the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would be pleased with our worship tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on honesty within the home. Honesty within the home. We find this commandment here uh, that says, Thou shalt not steal. You know, I was thinking about nobody likes a thief. Can I get a witness on that? I think that's something that we're all in agreement with tonight that uh, nobody likes a thief. Nobody likes for someone to, <clears throat> to steal or to take something that <clears throat> does not belong to them or take something that especially uh, belongs to you. And you know, there's a, this world is full of thieves tonight. In fact, Jesus spoke about one thief and he said that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so uh, Satan is a thief and we're never more like Satan than when we're robbing and we're stealing and we're thieving. And as I said this morning, the Ten Commandments, if they teach us anything, they're foundational commandments, but they teach us that we're guilty of these commandments. There is all kinds of thieves. I, I thought about there's the shop thief and uh, we serve certainly know during Christmas time there's a, a lot of shoplifters that uh, go in and they take things from stores that uh, do not belong to them and I uh, listen there, there's a lot of that that takes uh, a place throughout the year but especially uh, this time of the year then there's that back alley thief there's that one that uh, you know will rob you right in the back alley or rob you uh, listen they'll break in your car there's the car thief that uh, will steal your automobile or break in your car and take things from your automobile the highway thief the one that waits by the wayside as the Bible talks about that man from Jericho as he came uh, there was thieves there on the highway uh, from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho and they robbed him there's always thieves everywhere isn't there I thought about the political thieves of our day lawyers and fraud claimers and you know you go through certain cities I can always tell uh, when you're approaching a big uh, city because you'll see a billboard and it'll have a guy grinning like a possum on it and he'll say are you injured amen Y'all ever seen one of those? And uh, uh, there, I mean, you, you know, they, is it just me or uh, them men just all look sleazy to me? I mean, uh, uh, they would be better off not to put that picture up there because, uh, I mean, they're just a thief, amen? Are you injured? Well, if I'm injured, I probably wouldn't be driving or, or riding two or 300 miles or what have you. But, uh, you know, uh, everybody wants something for nothing, amen? There's political thieves, lawyers. And uh, what about... In our election tonight, a lot of political thieves in the Republican and the Democrat Party. And a pastor told me not too long, he said, I really uh, don't know what to tell our people. He said, I just told them to pray and vote uh, their conscience. He said, not me. I said, if you vote Democrat, God help your sorry soul. Amen. Is that right? I know the Republicans are not the answer. I'll tell you, they're proving that more by the day. 
Amen. But uh, it's not about uh, it's not about Trump. It's not about Biden. It is some about Trump and Biden, but it's not everything. It's more so about the uh, the election integrity, and we're seeing the corruption uh, on every level and corruption like we've never seen before. Political thieves. What about the work thief? What about the person that steals from the company? Uh, they they take material that does not belong to them. Now, I know nobody in church would do something like that. But, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 they steal from their employer. They, they think because the, the company has so much of anything, well, it's probably okay. Or they steal time, you know. They won't work an honest day's work. You know, they got to go to the bathroom 13 times a day. Like they've like they got one kidney, you know, functioning. They'll spend three. You know, if that's you, you ought to, at the end, if you make $10 an hour, uh, then at the end of the week, you ought to give $30 a, a day back to your company for the three hours you spent in the bathroom. Amen. The time robbing thief just punches the clock and waits for it to end. I, can I stop and say, I never figured that crowd out. It's a whole lot easier just to work. I've seen guys that I worked with that they worked harder getting out of work than if they'd have just done the job that they were employed, but they spent all their days, all their time watching the clock. I remember one fellow was very good at it, and I, I said to him when I said, you know, if you quit watching that clock, it goes a whole lot faster when you're busier. There's the work thief, the tax thief. Oh, it'll get real quiet there, won't it? Robbing the government. The home thief, as we said this morning, they'll rob your spouse. What about the school thief? <laughs> I'm not going to look over here. <laughs> they'll steal answers out of a book. Cheat at the scoring table. I know none of y'all have ever done that, but look, uh, uh, look up the answer on a test uh, uh, when their mom or dad is not looking. The, the school thief, that's a thief. What about the church thief? You know, we have bought a lost and found box more times than I can remember. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you want to steal what's in the lost and found, help yourself. But leave the tote, somebody say. <laughs> I told Miss Donna, we, we've, we've got the tote so many times, I thought, man, somebody in this church needs, I don't know if they're moving or what they're doing, but they need about 20 totes and they're stealing them. One, hey, listen, if you need totes, come see me. I'll buy you totes, but don't rob from the church. Somebody save me. Don't, don't take an extra this or that and say, well, they'll, they'll never miss it. They'll never need it. They'll never see it. No, we'll never see it. We'll probably never miss most of it. There's a lot of it. You're doing us a favor when you take it, amen, because we don't like junk around here. Uh, but I'll tell you, at the same time, uh, uh, there's an all-seeing God that sees everything. Church thief. And there's a God-robbing thief. Those who will not tithe. You know, somebody robbed God, they'll rob anybody. If they'll rob in their ties, well, they'll, they'll have no problem robbing from anybody else. And I thought about this. How do you keep from raising thieves in this society? How do we keep from, the Bible said, thou shalt not steal. This is given to the home. It's given to the father. It's given to the mother. It's given to the children. And so everyone has a responsibility. And it's not necessarily just talking about uh, robbing from your neighbor. We know that's wrong. Borrowing something and never bringing it back. Y'all know anybody like that? <laughs> Amen. Well, it's quiet. 
You borrow something from somebody, take it back. If you're too ashamed, show up in the middle of the night and put it on their doorstep with a note that says, I'm sorry. Because I'm sorry. Take it back. And if you ruined it, buy them a new one. Somebody say amen. If you owe somebody money, pay them. If you can't pay them, at least have enough character to go to them and say, I'm having a tough time. I can't pay you, by, but I will pay you eventually. Somewhere's down life's road. Make yourself accountable. How do you keep from becoming a thief and raising thieves? I'm going to tell you, it's very important that we teach the honesty within our homes. Four ways tonight I want to give you. If you'll turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter number 4. One verse of scripture tonight, Ephesians chapter 4. Thou shalt not steal. Honesty in the home. How do we keep honesty in the home in light of, of this verse? If you go to Ephesians chapter number 4, just one verse of scripture that I want you to see here tonight. Ephesians chapter 4. And look at verse number, verse number 28. The Bible said, let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. I want to say the first way that you keep from raising thieves or being a thief is by growing in the word. The Bible says here, just a simple phrase, let him that stole steal no more. I mean, that's pretty simple tonight. You say, well, preacher, how do you keep from having sticky fingers? How do you keep from stealing time from the employer? How do you, you just got to obey the word of God. If you have stolen time, then go in tomorrow, punch the clock, and give an honest day's work, amen, for an honest day's pay. If you've been uh, uh, someone that has taken from the company, get right with God and never do that again, amen. I read the story just this week where uh, Dale Moody was uh, preaching a revival and a gentleman in that uh, congregation got saved and he would stolen $1,500 uh, uh, from the company, but he had 950 of it in his pocket the night that he got saved. And when he got saved, he looked at Mr. Moody and he said, to him, he said, you know, he said, I, I really feel bad all of a sudden. And he told him what he had done. He said, do you think God would forgive a thief? And Brother Moody said he forgave a thief on the cross. He said, but now that you've gotten right with God, you need to get right with your employer. You need to take the $950 back and tell them you stole $1,500. He said to Brother Moody, he said, but if I do that, they may put me in jail. And Brother Moody said, doesn't matter. Do the right thing. Right. And so he did. And when he went back and told the owners of that company with tears in their eyes, they forgave him. And they got on their knees there in that office and they prayed together and they, they, they did him the greatest favor in the world. They gave him time to pay back the money that he had taken. You know, I think tonight when you get right with God that you want to make full restitution. Tonight, if we know that we've wronged somebody, we ought to do them right. Judas was a thief, but when Zacchaeus, who was also a thief, got saved, what did Zacchaeus say? He said, Lord, he said, if I've taken anything by anybody by false accusation, he said, I'll restore unto them fourfold. He wanted to make right the things that he had done wrong. And that's what the Word of God does in our life. It helps us when we grow in the Word of God, we grow through obedience. Amen? We don't just grow through knowledge. We can know a lot about this book, but if we don't apply it, if we don't live by it, if we don't obey the Word of God, 
want, then it is of none effect in our life. There are people that have grown up in church and they've grown up under preaching and they know a lot. They have a lot of head knowledge about the Bible, but they don't put it in shoe leather. Amen? You say, well, preacher, I don't want to be a thief. I don't want to be a God robber. Then just pay your tithes. Amen? I don't want to be somebody that, that, that uh, I want to be honest uh, uh, when I go to the scoring table. Then just do what's right. Amen? Mark the answer wrong. When If it's wrong, if it's right, check it off right. I mean, just be honest about it. That's growing in the Word of God by obeying the Word. Amen? How do you keep from raising thieves? Growing in the Word. Teach them the Word of God. Amen. Teach your children the Bible. Train them in the Word of God. I don't think we can say that enough. That family altar is so important. I promise you if they watch two and a half hours of television, they'll learn how to be a thief. They know how to paint it up and, and make it as if it's something wonderful, as if something good, as if, as if it takes some talent or some gift to do that. But it's not a talent. It's not a gift. It's a sin. When you take something that, that doesn't belong to you, gambling is a thief. Amen? It's being a thief. In order for you to win, it means a whole lot of other people have to lose. And I want to tell you, Christian living is not about taking. It's about giving rather than, than receiving. Amen? And when we think about that tonight... Grow in the Word of God. The Word of God will keep us honest. Amen. I say not only growing in the Word, but how about getting to work? The Bible says here in verse number 28, let him that stole steal no more, but here's the alternative, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good. In other words, don't be idle. Stay busy. Have a good work ethic. That's for the father. That's for the mother. That, that's for the children. I, I think we all should have good work, work ethics. Can I get a witness on that? Don't be lazy. Don't be slothful. Amen. I listen, the Bible condemns slothfulness and, and laziness. Uh, the Bible does not condemn taking a rest. The Bible does not condemn, uh, condemn coming apart. Those are times in our life when we ought to do that. And I understand that. But those ought to be occasions in our life. They're not to be our way of living. Amen. We're not to live our life. Uh, and listen, always wanting a handout. And some people would rather have a handout as a hand up. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, listen, uh, there's nothing wrong with somebody helping you get on your feet a little bit, but you got to learn to stand on your own two feet. Amen. Uh, mom and dad's not a loan office. Somebody say amen right there. When you get grown and you move out, you got to learn how to make it on your own. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, the church is not a loan office. Uh, uh, people call sometimes and they'll say, uh, do you help people? And I believe we ought to help people. Jesus Jesus fed the poor. But at the same time, the church uh, does not have the responsibility uh, to write checks to everybody in the neighborhood uh, uh, that, listen, is too sorry to go out and work uh, and make an honest day's uh, 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 living uh, and pay their light bill and pay, uh, pay their rent. Can I get a witness on that? But I'm telling you, we as a church have a responsibility to spend the money wisely, don't we? And when you think about it, there are people that they're just too lazy to work. Uh, listen, tonight, every one of us ought to have that work ethic. You say, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom, mom. Then you know there's a lot of work at staying at home. Washing dishes, washing clothes, mopping floors. Uh, taking care of things. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, work that goes on every day going to the job and thank God for men that will go to work. Thank God for ladies that will work. Thank God for children that are not lazy. Amen. But you know what? Children are, are not just naturally workers. Isn't that right? You've got to give them responsibilities. You've got to give them labors. Uh, you've got to give them work on their based on their level. It starts with teaching them how to clean up their room and pick up their toys uh, and mow the yard and, and all kinds of things around the house. 
house. Uh, and young people, listen, that's good for you. Uh, have a good work ethic. Uh, your parents ought not have to tell you nine times to clean up your room uh, or, listen, or to comb your hair or, or to iron your shirts. You ought to learn how to do some of them things if you hadn't already. I'm just simply saying this. Uh, don't be lazy. Get to work. Amen. I think it was R.G. Lee made this statement that if you'll, if you'll take a boy and work him hard and give him a hard day's work, so he'll come home tired and he'll not get into sin. Think about that tonight. Think about the work ethic of the generation today as a whole, not just individually. Thank God for young people that do know how to work. Thank God for parents who do teach them how to work. I remember as a child growing up, there are things that my parents had us do weekly. And there's things that we had to do daily that I didn't enjoy that. I don't think no child does. I enjoyed baseball and riding a bicycle, amen, and tormenting my brother. Those were three of my favorite things in life. And, uh, but I didn't enjoy uh, mowing the yard or uh, hoeing the garden. You know, uh, listen, as a child growing up, I like to eat everything in the garden, but I didn't want to do any work in the garden. But when we come home, we had to work in the garden, and you know how that is. Uh, I didn't eat green beans growing up, but, but you know what? I had to break them anyway. Even though I didn't eat them, Daddy said, you're still going to break them. And so, you know, when you look at like a work ethic, you say, how do you keep from raising thieves? Get them busy. When people are idle, they always get in trouble. We are that way. When people live their life that way, you see, family doesn't owe you anything. Friends doesn't owe us anything. The church doesn't owe us anything. If somebody in our family does well, listen, a lot of people have, uh, they have the socialistic uh, idea that if one family member does well, then the rest of the family thinks that, well, they ought to just spread the wealth, you know? Oh, so-and-so hit it big, you know? They, they went to college and they got a degree and, and they've got a good paying job and they got money in the bank uh, and so they owe me a little Hey, listen, they don't owe us anything. Can I get a witness on that? If you got a rich brother or sister, thank God they're rich, but don't get bitter over it. If you got, if you got a rich, I wish I had a rich uncle, but they probably wouldn't leave me anything if they were. But if you have a rich uncle, amen, then just be glad you got a rich uncle. Uh, but don't go over and butter them up and, and suck up to them, uh, uh, you know, and, and then just hope somewhere how they throw you a million-dollar bone, you know. Uh, it's not going to happen, amen. Uh, and don't sit around and pity yourself and say, well, boy, wish I could drive a big car like that or wish I could live in a big house like that. Well, if you'd have went to college uh, or if you'd have done this, maybe you could or maybe if you did, you still wouldn't. Maybe it wasn't God's will. It wasn't the way God wanted it to be. Be happy with what you have. It doesn't matter if you're white collar or blue collar. Amen. Just work. It doesn't matter if if uh, you if today if you if you're a factory worker if you're a banker. I don't think nobody here's a banker. If you are, I need to talk to you after church. <laughs> Desperately need to talk to you after church. But you know what? It doesn't matter. What kind, that's what I love about this church. It wouldn't matter if, if the banker joined the church tonight. It wouldn't change things one bit around here. Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. The preaching's not going to change. The, the, listen, the, 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 the singing's not going to change. Uh, they're not getting a special seat. Amen. You know, George Mueller at his first church, uh, he put an end to renting pews at his church. Boy, I mean, it really started a ruckus. 
Because back in those days, what they would do, they would rent pews. If you remember some of our forefathers, we went and did, if you've been to, if you've been to Philadelphia, if you've been to Washington and to some of the churches that, that George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, you can go to the very pew that they rented. It was the custom then. And when Mueller took his first church, they rented pews, and how they rented them was the most expensive ones was up front. Brother, you're sitting in a high-dollar seat tonight. <laughs> and the cheaper ones was in the back. What's well, a lot different now if we were charging? But that's how they did it. When Mueller took his church, he hadn't been there very long. He was so convicted and thought that it, it, it was just so much. Uh, James chapter 5 kept staring him in the face that he was right that he stopped it. It doesn't matter what our financial status is. I don't think nobody should apologize for being poor. And I don't think nobody should apologize for being rich neither. You should never apologize for the blessings of God on your life. But the most miserable people are not rich people and it's not poor people, but it's stingy people. You say, preacher, how do you keep from raising thieves, growing the word, get, into, get to work, and then by giving of your wealth. Don't be stingy with what God's blessed you with. Don't be foolish with it. I wouldn't advise you to empty your bank account uh, unless God told you to. If God told you to, then there would be a reason for that. But I don't believe in and just milking a congregation. I don't believe in just keeping people broke all the time and just and, and you know just trying to get every dollar you can bleed. I don't think God's into that. But at the same it takes money to operate, to function. I, I think there's a fine line between faith and foolishness. And so if we all just pray as individuals, if we're just sensitive to the Lord, He will always tell us above that tithe what to give to missions, what to give in that special offering. Maybe uh, God lays it on my heart to give more in this offering than He laid it on my heart to give in the, the next offering. Maybe I have more to give at this moment in time than what I would have at another time. And so all that plays a role. But I think what we ought to teach our young people is that to give of your wealth, give to your church, give to missions, and, and give through your local church. Amen? There's nothing wrong with going up and, and giving somebody, uh, maybe God lays something on your heart and says, go give brother so-and-so some money. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that, but when it comes to giving to missions, when it comes to, uh, to giving for special projects, always give that through the local church. You say, well, I just want to start supporting so-and-so myself. No. Listen, you rob the church of that blessing. If you're going to give so-and-so $50, if you're going to a month or whatever that is, uh, give it through the church. Amen? That way, listen, it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you, but it comes from the church. Uh, and the church gets the blessing and you get the blessing, but give of your wealth. Don't be afraid to give. You know, the way to get is to give. You give, God will give back to you. Isn't it amazing how that works? You can take and, and give and God will let, you know, the other day just we, were, we took up an offering for the preacher and, uh, uh, I, and I had a piece of money that, that, uh, that somebody had given me and given to me and my wife. And uh, I told my wife, I said, well, I think we'll do this with that money. And, and I left it at home Sunday morning because I was going to do something with it. And the Lord said, no, nah, you know, you really don't, you, you wasn't counting on that. God ever told you that? I was like, no, but I am now. <laughs> God's like, you wasn't counting on it. He needs that. Give it to him. And you know what will happen? You'll give that and, 
doesn't matter how big or small that amount is. It's the principle of obedience. And God will give it back to you. It doesn't mean you're going to walk to the mailbox, although it could be, but it doesn't mean you're going to go to the mailbox and open it up and there's going to be a check for four times the amount. God can do that. But what it does mean is God may let your tires go a little bit longer than what they would have. God may let that transmission go a little bit further than what it would have. Hey, God may, listen, God may keep you out of the hospital. Listen, he may keep your children healthy a little bit longer. And there's all kinds of different avenues that God can bless us and make that dollar stretch a whole lot further than if we'd have just held on to it, amen. But teaching our young people that the best thing to do is use your money as a tool, that God gives it to you as a gift, and you use it wisely. You pray over it. You pay your tithes first. You pay your missions. You pay your bills, amen. You keep an honest report in society, a good testimony, and then you give when God lays it on your heart. And then, listen, then when you go out and buy something, you don't have to feel guilty about it. You don't have to feel like a thief. You don't have to feel like you've done something wrong. There's nothing wrong with having some good things in life if you've done right by your money. Amen. Be a good steward. You say, preacher, how do you keep from raising thieves, giving up your wealth, getting to work, growing in the word, and then lastly, lastly tonight, governing your wants. You know, it's not in this text here, but the Bible talks about that he may give to him that needeth giving of the wealth. But the governing of wants, this commandment's just on the threshold of one that is to come about covetousness. And I think in life, there's nothing wrong with, with wanting some things in life. It doesn't mean that just because you want something that you're necessarily coveting that. But I want to say tonight, we have to govern those wants. We have to live within our means. Isn't that right? I mean, you can't drive a vehicle like that. You, you can't drive a, a, a Mercedes when you don't make the money to pay for a Mercedes. I mean, you could drive one 20 years old. Amen. And I'm sure you've seen that. People living above their means. You know, you see a guy going down the road, he's got a $600 vehicle and he's got $3,000 worth of wheels and tires. Priorities are mixed up. He's, he's uh, you know, styling and profiling is what he's doing. He goes down the road like that. He feels like a million bucks. Uh, he walks like he's a, uh, you know, uh, but, but he don't have a million bucks. I've seen a guy one day, I think every tooth in his head was gold. <laughs> told my wife, I said, look you there. He's got a mouth. She said, that ain't real. I said, don't tell him that. He's smiling like it is. <laughs> Could be. Hard times come, you know. He's always got a place to go other than the bank. You don't never know. <laughs> you don't know. But people, they live. Have you ever seen people, they want you to think they live in one status? When really they live. I, I think, I, I've really been preaching a lot on social media, but it needs it, doesn't it? Fake book tells a whole lot, doesn't it? Staging everything to look like it's picture perfect when that's just not life. You know, you don't, you don't have to have the best of everything, do we? Thank God for what we do have. Govern those, those wants. I'm glad for what God has given us. Don't you thank Him for that tonight? Wouldn't you agree that God has given us more than we ever thought He would have gave us? 
Hasn't he blessed you? When you pull up tonight and you and you, you look at your house, it, it really doesn't matter what we live in because we're not taking it with us anyway. Nobody else from the universe cares what we live in. And so that doesn't matter. But when you pull up, it doesn't matter what you live in. It doesn't matter what location. Uh, listen, what whether you live uh, uh, in, the, in the great subdivision that everybody wants to live in or whether you don't live in that. None of that stuff matters. When you pull up tonight, take a good look at where you live and just think about all the people tonight that are sleeping under a bridge somewhere. Think about all the people that does, they're in a soup line somewhere tonight. Think about all the people that, listen, don't even have a tent to get in and look at what you have and look at how good God has been. Isn't that enough tonight to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me tonight. Hallelujah. And I may not have what others have. Sure got more than I thought I would have had. I got more than I deserve tonight. And you nobody ever gets ahead. I thought about that old thief on the cross. They get us a song ready. I don't know if he stole all of his life or if it was a one-time offense, but regardless of the fact, thieving got him nowhere. And it never does. Still, it never gets you nowhere. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. And uh, he's hanging on that cross. Thieving got him nowhere. He's lived a dishonest life and now he's paying the price for it. But he met a man that never stole anything from anybody. In fact, if you think about Jesus, even when he borrowed something, he always blessed them in return for what they had done. When he borrowed a boat, he loaded it down with fishes. Everything that he did, he always returned it with a blessing upon it. Jesus lived his life by that. He didn't have a lot of things in this world, but he was the richest man that ever walked. That thief is hanging next to him in simple faith. God saved him. He left this world a thief, but when he got on the other side, he was richer. He was as rich as a king. And tonight, I want to tell you, there's riches money can't buy. I remind us tonight as we stand to be saved by the grace of God. That's the greatest gift of all.